Alabama is one of about 12 state, states that has no provision, no uh, business inclusive provisions, meaning that, you know, you go to a number of other states and they have, just like how the federal government does, they have set aside, so at least you're getting some level of inclusion. Welcome in, boys and girls. Another uh, another good week. Another good week for us uh, here at Alabama politics this week. And, and by good week, I mean nothing happened. Uh, so that's uh, you know, that's about a, the best you could hope for around Alabama politics is uh, is that you have a week where you can look back and say, "Whew, nothing bad happened that week." Uh, you know, because we, we've given up, I think, on, on looking for good things to happen from the uh, the Alabama political world. Uh, we're just happy now when nothing happens. So mm-hmm. I guess no I guess disasters. Yeah, yes, that's right. So I, I am Josh Moon, and uh, that is, and I am David Person with a question for you. As oh, uh, nice as, interview. Uh, I like it. Yes, as the as the, the the host who kicks us off every week. Sure. You say boys and girls, and I'm wondering, should we expand that to boys, girls, and non-binary people, or should we? Should we? Should we? Should we? How about can I just say kids? How about I just go with kids? Okay, that because work? that's yeah, that that's all inclusive, right? Inclusive of everybody. Yeah, okay. and, it, and it's no yeah. So everybody yeah. then can feel welcome. Yeah, I, I yeah, you want everybody to feel welcome. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, one of one of the shows uh, my wife and I watch all the time, and uh, I really uh, I don't know how we got into it. I think we actually got into it because we were just kind of looking for a show that had been on for a while that we could run through pretty quickly, and so we got into Survivor. Mm-hmm. Uh, a while back, and I would I love it. I mean, I, lo- I love the the people that uh, do the thing. My wife keeps trying to get me to send in a video so I can go on the thing, but uh, because <laughs> she thinks I can get on there and manipulate people. Uh, uh. But uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but uh, you know, it, it's he uh, Jeff Probst, who's the host of this this little show uh, for years now, twenty years, I guess uh, that that thing's been on. Um, would uh, when they would come in to do their uh, their little contests. You know, each week, you know, they have their, uh, you know, their challenges that they have to do when they would start to walk in. He would yell, come on in, guys, uh, you know, before each one of those. And then uh, they came back after being off after the pandemic and said they had been rethinking the way that they were approaching everybody and all this. And, and he took the guys out uh, and because, you know, they didn't want to be more. Uh, welcoming to everybody and make sure they wasn't being exclusive of, uh, of any person. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's a change, it's a change, but uh, you know, some folks said that it made them feel a little bit better about it. Uh, so, you know, well, I, you yeah. know, I think it's important when I was a kid, my, my old man said to me one time, he said, you know, a person's name is pronounced however they want it to be pronounced. Mm-hmm. So even if it spells Peter, but they're saying it's pronounced Paul, you ought to respect their pronunciation of it because it's their name. Mm-hmm. And I feel the same thing applies to gender identification, right? Mm-hmm. If a person, you know, I may not see it the way they see it or somebody else may not see it the way they see it, but a person has, I think, a, an, a, a God-given right. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I do mean God-given, and I know that'll probably piss some people off because of the whole... They're going to be mad about, anyway. You know, God didn't make this or God didn't make that. But mm-hmm. I believe all of us have the God-given right to self-identify as we choose. Mm-hmm. And and if I and if I consider myself to be a decent human being, whether or not I understand it or agree with it or accept it, 
I need to respect your choice. Yeah. And that to me is the bottom line. Just be a decent human being and respect that person's choice, whether you agree with it or not. And, and let's make this society, you know, as, as inclusive as we can for everybody. Yeah. You know, you're, you're a hundred percent right. And and I, you know, even beyond that, I don't, I don't understand. um, I don't understand why you're even worried about what your opinion of it is, whether or not you think they're right or wrong. Why are you, why are you, why are you trying to judge on folks? You know, I mean, it's a, these are, these are adult people in in most cases, even if they're not, if they're minor kids or whatever, you know, they're going to figure it out along the way and, uh, and, and learn what works for them. And who, who are you? I mean, you've got problems. You don't exactly. have it. You don't have all your shit figured out. I know y'all, exactly. you know, exactly. it's, uh, yeah. uh, you know, so stop in all walks. You know, people love who they want to love and, you know, and do, you know, as long as it's not hurting you, why, mm-hmm. why are you so worried about it? Why are y'all yeah. so mad about it? Everything all the time, man. You know, it just, it's gotta be exhausting. Don't you think it's good to just be so mad at people who are just trying to live, you know, just trying to, Trying to get through life every day, and you know, it just stop being stop being assholes to people. I think that's ought to be our our tagline. That you know? uh, okay? Well, we can. Or, do or that. you know what? It could be uh, in, in, out of respect for your pastor. Stop being a holes. Okay? <laughs> right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I wasn't I wasn't going to say it. I was going to say we should have you say it and put maybe put some reverb on your voice and just sort of like coming out of every break have you you know stop being an a hole a hole you know kind of like that. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, listen, I'm, I'm I'm all for it. I'm all for yeah. it. It's uh you know just uh, yeah but we we can make it we can make it preacher friendly you know making an a hole. Yeah. 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 We we will appreciate that. What, yeah. It's a. Uh, uh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say one other thing, kind of along the lines of what we were just talking about. There's a great show that I just finished binge watching uh, earlier this week called A League of Their Own. And, oh, yeah. And it's a remake. Well, it's not a remake, but it, I, I don't guess it because I don't know if there ever was a series before. I can't remember. But No, no, there's no, just the movie with Tom Hanks. And, uh, right. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Rosie O'Donnell and some other yeah. people. Yeah, Madonna. Um, right. And, uh, uh, Gina, was it Gina Davis? Uh, was, uh, yeah, was, Gina was, Davis was the main was in character. Um, and then I'm trying to remember the girl that played her sister, uh, Kit, in that movie. Also, one, one of my favorite movies of all time is, is, uh, is League of Their Own. Love well, it. Matter of fact, my wife and I and our little girl went dressed in the uniforms for Halloween one year. Oh, did you? That's yeah, cool. I was, uh, I was Jimmy Dukin. Uh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Well, uh, this remake is really, really good and smart, and, and they confront and in, in, in what part of what makes it, I think, smart and relevant, especially to what we were just talking about, is they really, I mean, head on, they, they deal with issues of uh, sexual preference and gender identity mm-hmm. in a really smart and I think historically uh, accurate way. And it's, mm-hmm. it's worth a, but even, even outside of that, um, it's just a well-produced, really well-written show, great okay. acting. And if you like baseball, you know there's something there for you. If you if you like uh, if you like to ponder social issues related to race, gender, you know sexuality, so forth, it's a great series. Yeah, no, I've seen it. Uh, you know, I've seen it advertised a, a number of times. I have to try to check it out. It's um, um, I, I've been you know I, I was actually thinking about this while we were. Um, 
uh, uh, while I was looking for things to do. And show. You know, it used to be, I don't know what happened to our time. Have, has things gotten to be so crazy in politics that we don't have time? Because we used to discuss TV shows and stuff here all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, we, we haven't done it in a long time. And so, Because I, I was actually thinking, I, I've started this little routine at night where I go into, after my daughter goes to bed, I go outside and we got we made up a little uh, workout area in our garage out here and um, and so, and I'll flip on the TV out there and watch something while I do, you know, do a workout. And, uh, and so I've run through a, a number of shows. Um, I, I made it through a season and a half of Deadwood. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, you know, yeah. I, I didn't care about anybody on the show. I, yeah. I wanted them all to die, you know? And so, um, <laughs> of dysentery, uh, uh, you know, uh, but, um, uh, and then, but I, I've settled, uh, I've settled recently on, well, I'll tell you this. I also finished Better Call Saul. Good all the way. Brilliant. To the, Brilliant. All the way to the end. It was good. Brilliant. Um, yep. Yeah. It's a really, really good show. Um, yep. uh, and I've started uh, City on a Hill. And oh, another great I, I don't know show. If you, have you seen that? You've, oh, you I love it. it. I watch yeah, it every week. Yeah. You know, I, has Kevin Bacon not been nominated for anything for that? I don't think so. Uh, Man, that dude runs the show on that. I mean, he is, if he is on the screen in that, you have, you are watching what he's doing in that show. Yeah. And I, and he's, he's different from anything he's played in any other, uh, any other movie or, or TV show that he's been on. And, and it's, yeah. he's really, really good in that. Very um, complex character. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, really, I think, really complicated set of, standpoint. you don't even really want to say morals because it's 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 a weird yeah, yeah it is you because you, you, you're right you you when that thing opened you expect him to be this kind of crooked cop you know mm-hmm. that's on the take and doing you know cutting corners and uh and it's 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 not what you think it is you know it's it, and he's not who and every time you start to like him you find a reason to hate him again and then you know and and then vice versa and so it's it's a really really good show and uh and i think the other guy that's there uh, aldous hodge uh mm-hmm. that plays the, hodge, yeah. uh, the the prosecutor is uh is is very good as well uh, I, although i think he he kind of grows as, as it goes along he's, he's not as good as it starts uh, at the start as he is a few episodes into it and well, yeah uh, i think they they flesh out his character a lot more yeah. and, and and as in in this past season um let's see no i guess they're still in i think they're still in production or still uh mm-hmm. uh um uh, releasing that show this yeah, season are. is really uh has gotten even more complicated uh just his relationship with his boss Mm-hmm. And this new attorney that they brought in, as well as his relationship with his father, his brother, it's really interesting. It's a very well done show. Yeah, 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 I like it a lot. So you know, yeah, this and that's uh, the two people that I don't understand about nominations. There's Kevin Bacon in that one, and uh, the the kid that plays uh, uh, Franklin in uh, Snowfall. I don't, uh, mm. I don't understand how those those guys aren't aren't getting a little more uh, love than they are. But uh, you know, that's a uh, TV talk. You know, we we had a little extra time because. As I said, there's not a hell of a lot going on in, in the state politics world here. Uh, there's there's just not. I mean, we um, a matter of fact that one of the one of the top stories we've had this week was um, you know what's happening at Green Track, uh, mm. you know, a small casino over in Utah. And I mean, it it's it's a relatively you know obviously minor story for for just that particular uh, you know thing that's happening to them. But I, I think overall. Uh, for the state, it's a, 
I think it's pretty important what what's took place there. And, and you know, just just quickly to recap, what, what you know, they had, um, you know, Green Track has been operational over there for uh, it was the second dog track that was approved for years. It was run by Paul Bryant Jr., son of the the late Bear Bryant. Um, and, um, you know, they ran a dog track. Yeah, it was a dog track. And then they began in the early 2000s to have electronic bingo. They passed a bingo amendment over there that allowed for electronic playing. Uh, then they went through the whole bingo wars like everybody else did with Bob Riley. And then in 2009, Bob Riley put in a new, um, uh, a new revenue commissioner. And that revenue commissioner went over and reviewed Green Track's taxes. And came up with this idea that they owed seventy million dollars in back taxes uh, for a period of between two thousand four two thousand and eight, and they mm. come about this number by saying, "Well, they had violated uh, this constitutional amendment there, and it did not apply to their tax exempt status because uh, Green Track, like the other dog tracks, had a tax exempt status uh, that was granted by the Racing Act of nineteen seventy five." Um, and the Racing Act it was so broad that it exempted all taxes uh, except for the, the taxes on gambling at the establishments themselves. The legislature actually had to go back in later and say, no, no, we, we're not going to we're going to carve out some exceptions to that and say that food sales and other things that take place there, you can't that those things need to be taxed. And so we're going to put a tax on those. But uh, so. It was pretty. It's pretty broad exception. So they had been operating under this exception. Well, they said no. That's it, it, not right. Uh, it clearly is not something that should have been covered under the racing thing, even though nobody had made any law saying it was. And so they uh, they taxed them for that. They also went in and said if a person comes in to uh, Green Track and plays an electronic bingo machine, they put a dollar in the machine, and they win ten dollars in credits on the machine. And then they put that $10 in credits back in and play it all. Well, you don't tax Green Track for the dollar. You tax Green Track $11. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you tax, even though they, uh, there was only a dollar of revenue earned there. Yeah. Uh, so, but what they're saying is, is, well, that guy could have taken the $10 and left and then come back in later and put it in the machine and you would have had to tax him. That's true. But you're missing one step. The company could have also counted that $10 as a loss for the day, and you would mm -hmm. not have taxed him on that. Well, you skipped that step. Mm -hmm. And so it just compounded taxes to the point where uh, this most re the, the, the Supreme Court came back in, uh, in June this year and in uh, a ruling that is just off the charts. I, I mean— I don't even know of a word. It's, it's, it's not illegal. It's not immoral. It's not. It, it's it's something that fell so far out of precedent mm. uh, and, and normal uh, courtroom rules. Um, they, they took so for one one of the, for example for people who aren't familiar. One of the things when you when you appeal a case, you only appeal certain portions of the case, right? You only appeal certain things that have come before the court that you feel are wrong. And that's all that the appeals court can take up are the things that, first of all, that you put into the appeal. And right. second of all, things that were determined and talked about by this lower court. You know, you can't say, well, uh, this guy was robbing me and oh yeah, uh, he also broke the window out of the, out of the place, you know, and I would like, you know, you, you, well, you didn't bring up the window being broken, you know, well, right. you know, and I know that's a very poor example, but it's, you know, it's along the same lines. Uh, but 
the Supreme Court of Alabama not only uh, took up arguments uh, that weren't argued uh, before the lower courts there, they took up arguments that weren't, they weren't even asked to take up. And then they granted a summary judgment on it that they were never asked to grant. And I don't know that they necessarily have the authority to do so. Regardless, mm-hmm. it imposed $106 million taxes on Green Track and also set in place a tax system on that casino and other electronic bingo casinos around the state that will leave them paying more in taxes than they take in in revenue. And so last weekend, uh, after getting a July tax bill that was significantly higher than revenue uh, for the month, uh, Green Track closed. And so uh, I don't. I, I assume the workers over there now are out of out of work, and it's the only uh, it's the only minority owned uh, casino racetrack uh, in the state, uh, outside of the obviously the uh, the casinos that are owned by the Porch Creek Indians. Uh, but so I guess it, I guess we could say they're the only tax paying, <laughs> you know, state tax paying uh, casino uh, minority owned casinos right. uh, in the state. And so, you know, it just I, I've argued for a long time that we've got to do something because what we're doing now is stupid uh, in terms of our gambling laws. And I, I, this is stupid. What 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 Green Track is going through is stupid. And in addition to that. It should scare the hell out of a lot of business owners around the state. If you can look at this ruling here and say, well, hell, the uh, the revenue department can come back in on me and say, I, I can't, you know, may, maybe you owe taxes for this thing that was, you know, outside of what the normal regulations were. Because in this process, Green Track never got a tax bill that was more than what they paid. They paid their taxes every year. All right. Uh, they nobody notified them of any sort of a problem or any sort of an audit. Uh, they never came to them and talked to them about this. Uh, the first time, first time Nat Wynn, who runs Green Track, ever got notice that this was taking place in 2009 was when the folks at his probate office called to let him know a lien had been placed on Green Track, hmm. on his racetrack. That's the first he'd ever heard of from anybody. So, uh, can't, so can't they? Um... I mean, don't they have some kind of legal recourse with the feds on this? Nope. Nope. The only thing that they could possibly do is file a, you know, a race-based, uh, you know, discrimination lawsuit. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's that's fairly thin because I honestly, I, I do think that there's probably some racial component to this. I do. Uh, but it's going to be hard to prove because they have been so anti-gambling in this state uh, for certain people um, throughout this. And and yes, it, it hurts businesses that are in predominantly uh, minority counties uh, around the state uh, because that's where they are. You know, Jefferson County, they're in Macon County, they're in Greene County, they're down in Mobile, uh, Atmore. Uh, so those, those are, it, it seems weird that we've got a big problem with, uh, you know, revenue producing businesses that are that are operational in those counties, you know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, especially after you have such a big problem after giving the guy that ran Victory Land uh, the Businessman of the Year award. Uh, that's yeah. when they started raiding Milton McGregor is after they gave him Businessman of the Year uh, mm-hmm. for the state. Bob Riley gave it to him. Um, so, you know, that's I, I, there's no recourse. There's nothing. There's nothing that they can really do uh, out of this. I mean, I. I think, personally, I, I'll say this. If they don't go in now and shut down or impose this same tax system 
on all of these other casinos, then absolutely, I think that the NatWin and the, and the folks at Green Track have a a, a pathway uh, to some sort of legal action on that. Mm-hmm. But if they do, you know, and so, but here we are. You know, you have you have these citizens who have voted for this. Uh, they want to have these electronic bingo games in right. their counties. They want right. the revenue that's coming from this. Yet we have people that are coming over the top of them. And let, let's say you're running, let, let's say you're running a liquor store, okay? Um, mm-hmm. Because this it, it's the exact same process for for liquor for liquor sales. You have to have, have, to have a county amendment, a constitutional amendment for your county to come in and say that it's okay for you to sell alcohol. Um, and let, let's say they come in one day and say, you know what? I don't think that that covers clear liquor, you know? Mm-hmm. And so now you've got to pay taxes on all of this stuff that, uh, you know, that we, we've done. We're going to fine you for these different things and we, we're going to have to, uh, we're going to have to shut you down, uh, you know? And that's what's happening basically with what's going on with, with electronic bingo. And I listen, you can tell me all day long about the arguments over electronic and paper and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. They, they, everybody knew what they were voting for. And we know that they know. Um, and it's just, it, to me, it's just egregious what you've done uh, here. But the most egregious part to me is that we can't come to some sort of a solution to this. Uh, you know, some sort of a comprehensive bill that allows for some form of gaming at, at these different locations. You already have it. I mean, you know, it it doesn't yeah, it doesn't well, make it, any sense. Yeah, I mean, gaming is yeah. I mean, I I've talked on on this podcast before about how uh, on my many trips down to Lowndes County with Catherine Flowers. I mean, you know, you, you we drive past right past two casinos. You know, if yeah. you go if you're going into Lowndes County from Montgomery, you drive right past. They're right. They're literally right there off that off of that state highway, and you can pull in. You can stop. I mean, we went in one time to, you know, we. Take a bathroom break, honestly. I mean, and, yeah. You know, it's my first time in there, my only time in there. I'm, I'm not a gambler. I don't have any problem with gambling, but, uh, yeah. you know, but that's just not any, something I do. It's not part of my 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 lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, you go in there and, and you can, you know, sit for hours as it appeared some people were doing. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I know. You know. Listen to that. I, I understand that it's a it can be a vice for certain people, but lots yeah. of things can be a vice for certain people. Yeah. And and you know, yeah. I, uh, we're we're obviously you know we have state liquor stores. We have uh, you know yeah. we're 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 about to you know open up some marijuana dispensaries around here. Um, mm-hmm. I know it's medical, and uh, but you know there's a lot of there's a lot of pharmacies selling uh, uh, you know opioids uh, right now, and so yep. we're obviously not in the business of shutting down everything that's a vice. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, and I, I would I've never, say I'd put that word vice in quotes. I mean, I, I yeah, right. Yeah, you know. But, but so yeah, for go my, ahead. many people, it's just entertainment. You know, it's just yeah. just simple entertainment. And I, I don't. I've never understood this mindset that we have towards these folks. And um, you know, I, I just it, it it makes no sense whatsoever. There was a sto- There were some stories uh, in, in the last week or so. Uh, where uh, this guy at a TV station in Birmingham was going through and and reporting on donations from the Porch Creek Indians uh, to to various lawmakers and talking about how they were trying to manipulate the uh, the gambling bill that's coming in the next session. Man, are you kidding me? 
Do y'all do that every single time some, you know, any business does this? I mean, all the money that's flowing into the stuff from all these other businesses and, mm-hmm. and y'all out here talking about the port, like there's some sort of band of illegal people, you know, that are, it's yeah. like a, you know, some sort of a gang out yeah. here. What are you talking about? They run a, you ever been to a Porch Creek casino place? They run a respectable business there. They're not, they're not hiding anything from anybody. This is just this to me. This is just penis envy. I mean, yeah. you know, the Porch Creek Indians <laughs> have amassed, you know, I, I would assume hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anybody deserves that opportunity, <laughs> yes. you know, it's the indigenous people of this country. They uh-huh. ought to be at the top, you know, at the front of the line. Even yeah. I would argue, even in front of, of of my African ancestors, they ought to be at the front of the line simply because this was their land and yeah. it was stolen out right out from under them. You know, yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, the, the fact that they've amassed hundreds of millions of dollars and are able to do it as a as a as an independent nation, you know, in this unique arrangement we have with mm-hmm. with our indigenous tribes here. And the fact that they also then turn around and and literally reinvest again, I think probably hundreds of millions of dollars, certainly tens of millions of dollars, into our cities and towns around this state. Mm-hmm. You know, that ought to be incentive, I think, for somebody to to put the penis envy aside and just say, <laughs> hey, look, you know. Yeah. The, I may not, you know, I may, I may be a little jealous. I may be a little angry. I may, whatever mm-hmm. it is, whatever the, the, the craw is you got in your, in your throat yeah. there. I think that's the phrase. You got a craw stuck in your throat. Isn't that the phrase? I, I don't know. Or what's stuck in your craw or well, something stuck in your craw. Saddle? Yeah. I've heard that. Yeah. Stuck in your craw. Yeah. You got stuck in your craw. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. thorn in your side, burr up your yeah. butt, whatever. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, this, the, 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 the Porch Creek Indian, Alabama's de- Alabama's business development, economic development, is inextricably linked to the fortunes of the Porch Creek Indians. Yeah, there's no yeah. getting around that. Yeah, you know, I I I, um, I had some problems uh, with them, uh, and not really with them. It was it was more you know lawmakers uh, that were uh, that were kind of catering, I thought, to a bill that would have been just good for the Porch Creek Indians and not necessarily good for the state overall. Uh, and when it comes to gambling and I had a problem with that bill and, uh, but, uh, you're, you're hundred percent right about everything else you said. I mean, it's, it, they, they deserve everything that they've gotten, uh, you know, and, and really they've, they've quite effectively used Alabama's own stupidity and ineptitude, uh, against them very effectively, uh, to build, uh, you know, a lot of wealth over the course of the last two or three decades and, and good for them. I'm, I'm glad they are. I, you know, I, I always wanted, uh, uh, some sort of a comprehensive thing, exactly like what they're working on now, you know, mm-hmm. where where it, it allows uh, these casinos, which are really, really, I, I've tried to, it, it, to express this to people. It, they're so important to those communities that they're in. You can think whatever you want to think about casinos or whatever, but they're no different than putting a football stadium over there and people going and spending thousands of dollars at a football game, yeah. uh, you know, uh, over there. It's entertainment for a lot of people, Okay. It's a, it, do some people take it more seriously and, and, and have problems? Yes, they do. But a lot of people, it's just an entertainment venue. Okay. That's all it is. And that's, and it's feeding thousands of jobs for these communities that don't have major 
industries in them. Macon County has, uh, uh, at the time Victory Land was operational, it was by far the biggest employer in that sta- in that county. Mm-hmm. Uh, Green Track, the same way over there. Those casinos are by far the biggest employers in Green County. Um, and so that those things matter to those communities. And I didn't like that they were just simply going to eliminate those private businesses uh, you know, and, and give everything over to the Porch Creek Indians under that bill. Now, under the mm-hmm. comprehensive bill, everybody does well. And and I think that's where they need to focus on and get this thing settled so we can stop doing this dumb shit over there uh, and, and running people out. And you can't count on tax laws and you can't count, you know, the Supreme Court's just bending itself over backwards and upending precedent and looking like a bunch of... I, I, I don't even know, man. That That... I mean, just ask an attorney sometime what they think of that ruling, okay? Just ask one. <laughs> Anybody, just pick one. Call somebody up, say, read this ruling and tell me what you think. I mean, mm. it is nuts. It is absolutely off the charts nuts. Um, and I feel bad for the folks over there. And, uh, and I, you know, honestly, I think Nat Wynn is a pretty good guy. And, and, uh, and I think that they were trying to follow the law and have tried to follow the law, and they've just really got screwed over out of this. So, all right. Let's slide out of here. Uh, we come yeah. back. Uh, we're going to uh, we're going to get Jerry Mitchell. Hey, maybe Jerry Mitchell could could talk to Nat and they could work out a deal with the uh, the black uh, Alabama State Ch- Black Chamber of Commerce. If I'm yeah, not, yeah. If I'm correct in that, uh, maybe they could work out some sort of a deal over there. But uh, you know, I need some help. Yeah, yeah let's, let's ask him. See what he thinks uh, about it. All right, we'll come right back with Jerry Mitchell. Back in just a minute. Alabama politics this week. David Person with Alabama Politics this week. You know, you listen to me and Josh every week, and we have a blast as we talk about Alabama politics and culture, and as we interview newsmakers and journalists about Alabama politics and culture. Thanks for your support of this great podcast, and I hope that you will continue to not only listen, but to share it with your friends. And also give us a rating on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to it. Thanks a lot. Welcome back to Alabama Politics This Week. David Person and Josh Moon. And we are glad to have with us uh, one of my very good friends and colleagues. He is the CEO of the Alabama State Black Chamber of Commerce, and he's also the CEO of the Huntsville Metro Black Chamber, uh, Jerry Mitchell. He's uh, with us today. Jerry, how you doing, man? I'm great. You giving me all these jobs. I mean, nobody's gonna believe I, I actually do any work. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like. I just like Jerry's hair. Uh, yeah, yeah, you I, like, I like that. Uh, you like yeah, that? Me, me and Jerry, uh, I think we go to the same barber. Or, or yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, not not everybody can have this look, Josh. So. That's right. That's right. Some people shave it off, man, and they got yeah. lumps under there. People need to appreciate. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Both of you. Both of you look like you definitely have the same skincare regimen on the scalp. There, I like it. It's a good right. look for both of you. Yeah, you got to take care of your skin, man. That's right. That's right. So, Jerry, um, we're glad to have you on. This has been a big month. And I and I, and full disclosure, I'm on the board of the Alabama State Black Chamber of Commerce and and I'm a member of the Huntsville uh, Metro uh, Black Chamber. Um, 
this has been a big month for our organizations. Uh, why don't you talk about the historic thing that Governor Ivy did? Sure. Um, well, well, we prepared a proclamation. As many of you may know, uh, August is Black Business Month, and this was created in 2004 by two gentlemen, one, one of which I know personally, uh, Mr. John Templeton, who is a uh, uh, magazine publisher, and uh, Mr. Fred Jordan, who is a civil engineer, owns a civil engineering company out in San Francisco. And I actually served on a uh, board of directors with him uh, for the National Black Chamber. And uh, what they wanted to do was highlight uh, all the things that, that Black businesses were doing, um, fighting through the various obstacles that we generally have to go through just to be in existence. And uh, and just highlight the fact that, hey, we're here. Uh, there's over two million of us here. And uh, so they started this thing in 2004 uh, in the state of California, uh, primarily. And then it just kind of moved across the country. And now other states celebrate it. Uh, we were very proud to uh, have uh, Governor Ivey sign a proclamation uh, naming uh, August as Black Business National Black Business Month in the state of Alabama, and this marked the first time that it happened. And uh, we had a number of our, um, as you know, David, we have uh, eight affiliate Black chambers in the state of Alabama that make up the Alabama State Black Chamber Network, and a number of those uh, chambers had proclamations as well down in Birmingham. Uh, the Jefferson County Commission recognized. Um, August as National Black Business Month up in Huntsville. Uh, Mayor Battle issued a proclamation um, naming um, the month as National Black uh, Business Month. And then down in Mobile, they had uh, uh, several programs and events uh, to highlight that. And some, and some of our other locations did that as well. And so, so to piggyback on that, um, one of the things we're doing, uh, we we launched our credit and wealth tour. Mm -hmm. And the primary well, reason- hey, hey, can I interrupt you for a minute before yes, you go into that? Because that's that's a question or that's a topic that I okay. think deserves its I'll own wait. question and an answer. But I want to I want to follow up on on what you just said. Okay. Uh, and um and and ask you this. It it seems to me as though historically, when Black organizations designate themselves as black, you know, like the United Negro College Fund or or pick some other organization. There's there's generally historically there's been a chorus, a small chorus of white people who will say, well, why does it have to be black? You know, why? Why does it have to be the black this or the black that? Sure. Uh, now, I don't I haven't really heard that about the black chamber. And I think I and I think I we've heard it. <laughs> oh, 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 you've heard it. OK. Yes. So then, so then why don't you answer that question for those? Yeah, who, well, well, who may have that as an issue? Well, yeah. I, well, normally when I'm talking to people, I, I like to um, I answer that in two ways. And hopefully usually one of them will click with resonate with the people I'm talking to. Because I've gone on and talked to a number of white organizations, and and I'll start off by saying, you know, why do we have this? Why do we have a black chamber? Why do you have it? And so, to me, it's kind of like if you think, if you compare, like if you're doing a, 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 you got a medical issue, right? 
Well, well, you may start off and you may go to a uh, general practitioner to go, but if there's something wrong with your heart, guess where they're going to send you, Dave? They're not going to keep you at the, with the general practitioner. They're going to send you to a specialist. So I like to think about chambers as specialists because we wake up every morning uh, thinking about black businesses. So we study black businesses pretty much 365, 66 days a year looking at what's going on with them. Uh, nobody else does that. Uh, you know, they may look at some statistics in terms of figuring out how many they are, but we look at, you know, issues they're facing. Uh, we try to delve into some, some of the issues that our businesses face because it impacts our communities, because a lot of our businesses are in our communities. Uh, they create job opportunities. And if they're not clicking, clicking on all cylinders, they can't really maximize their capabilities and create more opportunities for our community as well. So that all goes goes together. And then secondly, you know, when folks don't understand that, you know, I kind of use a religious one and I say, you know, we're all we're all trying to get to heaven, but we ain't all at the same church. You know, so we got Catholics, Baptists, Adventists, Presbyterian, uh, you know, all that. So uh business business is broad. Uh we not face the same thing. Like I don't I don't see a lot of uh, you know, in, in in the white community, I don't I don't hear this talk about, okay, what's up with capital? Why why are we accessing, why can't we access capital? I never hear that in the in the white business community because typically it's not a big issue for for that group. So 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 we exist to you know make our presence felt, uh deal with issues, um, get our folks on the path. Uh, to be either more successful. And we have a number of guys that are very highly successful. We just don't know about them because generally in the, in our black community, we really don't talk about business a lot. So we don't really focus on um, black business leaders. It's just like, you know, the guys that, that play in love and, and love and marriage Huntsville. Uh, and we think about them just kind of as TV personalities, but those guys are actually all business owners. They're actually multimillionaire business owners. Uh, if, oh. if people really knew, but we don't really, you know, deal with that aspect and try to learn from that. And even with uh, Black Business Month, uh, it kind of highlights the fact that we've been around, we've been in business forever. Uh, you know, you had slaves owning businesses, uh, Going back to your home city, uh, we, we don't even talk about uh, DuSable. DuSable oh, yeah. pretty much Chicago. found in Chicago. But he had a monopoly on trade in the Northwest Territory, which became came Chicago. We don't, we don't talk about those things. We don't talk about the fact that during the Great Depression, which was the worst economic downturn in United States history, that you had a, a, in, a, in a small town in North Carolina, you had a black business district and none of those businesses closed because they were tied to mechanics and farmers bank which was a black bank in durham north carolina and people came from all over the country to figure out how this bank helped all those businesses what did they do that was different from the rest of you now you have people coming uh internationally trying to look at what to do but we don't generally talk about those kind of things those things are not highlighted so um the uh Black Business Month gives us a chance to highlight some of those things and highlight um, um, uh, what people are doing currently uh, as well. 
It's it's hard for me to believe that uh, that there are genuine people out there that, that I mean that people are being genuine when they say they don't know the hurdles of you know, of, of black business owners. I mean, really, it just uh, at this point in time and in, in the country's history, I mean, it just it just seems very disingenuous for people to, to take that stance. And well, you got to have a black. Why does it got to be black? I mean, it's just something for you for people to say to feel better about themselves. But. Uh, you know, you mentioned the the history, and it's always it's always remarkable to me just how much I wasn't taught. You know, um, you know, we took a what an HBO show uh, a couple of years ago before half the country learned about Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it took um, uh, it took Oprah Winfrey on the Oscars a few years ago before people realized that me and Rosa Parks had another role other than just being a tired seamstress on a bus, um, and. Yeah, and, and I think that the that history uh, for uh, of black businesses and um and and where they were and what has led to uh, the need for uh, black business organizations um, is, is very important. And so, do you feel like things are certainly they're, they're better than they were you know several decades ago? But do you feel like over the course of the last few years? Things are, are getting better, getting worse, uh, you know, from your perspective for black businesses, especially in Alabama. Well, it's 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 kind of a mixture. Uh, one thing that we note is that, you know, they're over they're over. There's 70,000 plus black businesses in the state of Alabama. OK, uh, most of them you'll never you'll you'll never see. But only only around three percent of of the black businesses have. Uh, employees, which to me, that's kind of a problem because you want a situation, typically if you have employees, unless you're doing professional services like an attorney or maybe a doctor's office, something like that, um, generally having employees means more money. You're going to generate more money. So our businesses tend to be on, on average on the lower end of the spectrum when you compare them with other groups. So that's one of the things that, that, that we want to change. And and one of the ways we can change it, and you're starting to see a little push for that now by some of the legislators, uh, and I would say it's a good push, but it needs to be stronger uh, for our state to be more inclusive in procurement, using uh, diverse businesses to uh, provide state services and products. And so that's one area where we can do better, and that would help um, um, increase the numbers, the the revenue numbers and whatnot. you know, we have ALDOT and ALDOT does a little bit and they have to do something because they get they literally get hundreds of millions to billions of dollars in federal funds. Um, now, with um, the the big prison bill that they passed a few months ago, uh, uh, they have some federal money involved in that. So they're going to have the state is going to have to do certain things in terms of being more inclusive. So so I think. um we just got to um, get better in terms of our mindset and not not let it be a situation where we got we got it always got to be uh, where we're always in complain mode. Hey, why are you not doing this? I mean, it just should we we really need some leadership in that area. And, and we really haven't have not had it in our state because no our state is very actionary. When somebody comes and brings something up, um, you know, then I mean. Alabama is one of about 12 state states that has no provision, no uh, business inclusive provisions, meaning that, you know, you go to a number of other states and they have 
just like how the federal government does, they have set aside, so at least you're getting some level of inclusion um, from diverse businesses. Our state doesn't, doesn't have that. Uh, the only department that has it is really ALDOT because they get the federal money. And so, so that's one thing that, you know, we would love to see change uh, from a policy standpoint, but, and we push for that. Some other groups have pushed for that, but it, it never makes it out of talking stages in the legislature. It, it just kind of gets there and it, it dies on the vine mm-hmm. kind of thing like that. And yeah, you know, I, I, one of the things that's got to be a problem, uh, you know, I see the, the photos uh, that come from, from our state uh, agencies um, of their staffs. Um, and I, I don't, I, I mean, I don't know how you get that many white people together, uh, honestly, uh, with, without ever once, you know, landing on, on, on some sort of a, of a person, a minority person somewhere. I mean, you got to just be going out looking for white people. And so that, but that seems honestly especially in Montgomery, Josh, which, yeah, which I know, is right? 50% black, especially yeah. in Montgomery. I don't, <laughs> so at some point, you, you know, I mean, you would think that people would take a look around and say, this has got to be an issue here. And it, it, it has to be right. It has to, that has to be an issue. Right. Well, well I, I always, I tell some of my friends and we laugh and joke, the, the worst, the worst um, uh, press release that was made in, in America was when a few years ago, they said that the United States was going to move from uh, a majority white uh, country to a majority minority country. Since then, people have gone like that crazy. They, they're trying to position themselves to make sure they stay in power and in all positions, you know. So, so it's just we probably would have been better off if if that had not been announced. I think because <laughs> yeah, because yeah. then you get uh, all kind of craziness, um, uh, and then you wind up having. Polit- political leaders that talk about that and they talk about uh, uh, the denial of, you know, why, why is everybody persecuting white males and blah, 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 which we know that's so entertaining, but not, not factual. But uh, but it's just, um, it's just, um, you know, it, it what it does is it shows you why he, even in Huntsville is supposed to be progressive, right? It's labels progressive, ranked the number one city to live in by U.S. News and World Report. And you would think it's progressive, but think about it. Because of the mindset, you wind up having somebody like Mo Brooks as your congressman for the last 12 years. He he does not, if you write the words progressive, his picture would not light up next to that at all. <laughs> yeah. And, it would and, not light up that. And Jerry, uh, if you remember, Jerry, he also famously uh, proposed that uh, white men were being persecuted. Do you remember yes. that? Yes. Yeah. And also said early in his tenure that, uh, you know, uh, uh, we got all the Mexicans, Mexicans coming across the border. We should just line them up and shoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He'd do, he'd do anything short of shooting them. Yeah, that's what he said. Anything short of shooting. Anything short of shooting. That's right. Yeah. So I'm just like, gee whiz. So, but anyway, so, so, you know, you wind up having those type people that are out front talking and, and representing the state. So it doesn't put a good shine on our state and our state does some good things, but, but, you know, we just, 
I think in many cases we had the wrong representation. So it just seems like that lack of diversity uh, leads to to missed problems. Uh, you know, just seeing that, that there's a lack of understanding of of the hurdles that that are being faced by uh, black business owners, and um, you know, and and just in general, uh, you know, the the folks, the minority people, the the hurdles that minority people are facing in life in general. It seems like we miss a lot of those basic. Uh, things that people who are in uh, minority communities and uh, you know and they 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 know that these are hurdles and we don't have them there in positions of power to relay that and it just it, it just takes extra steps it seems uh, for us and, and always leaves us behind. Yeah, well, it's um, it's 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 to me the, one of the saddest things to me is like a lot of stuff that we talk about now. None of the issues that we talk about now are, are 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 new. If you talk about the lack of access to capital, I had a business back in the late '90s. We were talking about that as the number one issue back then. We were also talking about the lack of opportunities with state procurement, and it's you know 2022 now, and that's still on the list. I mean, and so you have people coming out doing these studies like this is. A new phenomenon, which is just that really drives me crazy because it's it's old news, but it but it's not news until I guess the right uh, person says it, you know. So and it and it and it's not going to be a person of color. Mm-hmm. It's going to have to be somebody from the other group to come out and say, "Well, hey, that's not right," because mm. we've been saying it forever. So Jerry, before uh, before we got to get out of here, talk yes. about the tour that you and um, and uh, the other uh, businessmen are are doing sure. around the state. It's a pretty, I think, it's a pretty innovative idea. Tell tell folks about it. Yes, well, um, we're doing our um, credit and wealth tour, and and we probably should add another word and say credit and wealth building tour, but we're just calling the credit and wealth tour. So we're going to four cities this summer. Um, and uh, with with some funding that we were able to receive from uh, the Alabama Small Business Development Center Network and Wells Fargo, um, and so what what when when we're thinking about it, we know that one of the number one things that 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 face a lot of our businesses and just people in general um, are credit, and it impacts your ability to get jobs. It impacts your ability to get financing for homes, uh, cars, what have you, um, and and financing for business. And then also when it, it looks at when we look at poverty rates, uh, home ownership, all those kind of things like that, we still continue to be in a distant last place. So we wanted to do something that would one share information for for wealth building strategies for you as individuals but also if you own a business uh you you'll be able to apply some of this to your employees so, so you've got, uh, who do you have with you so we've got uh on the credit side we've got uh, uh attorney maurice scott and maurice plays on he he is a um a personality on love and marriage huntsville uh but but some people know, and a lot of a lot of others don't, that he also owns Credit One USA. He is a specialist in that in the field of law, and that he's a, is a consumer advocate attorney. He specializes in that. He files lawsuits on behalf of citizens and different things. Like that. But um, 
he owns also owns uh, Credit One USA, and he has locations in four different states. So he's talking about credit. And he talks about some of the credit tariffs that ensnare us and how we extract ourselves from that. And then he also talks about the 750 uh, credit challenge that they're doing right now. And then on the wealth generation, wealth building, wealth sustainability side, we have Mr. Antonio Sankey. Uh, uh, Mr. Sankey owns ADS Wealth Management out of Hoover, Alabama. And he's been in that for over 20 years. Uh, and he is a multimillionaire himself. Uh, he's the most humble, unassuming multimillionaire guy I've met, I think, in my life. I mean, he's just, you never know. He's got the money. So I guess that's what they say. People that have it don't really talk about it. But anyway, <laughs> he man, he manages uh, a $200, $200 million portfolio um, for his clients. And he's registered in 10 states in the U.S., um, has clients in all those 10 states. And he has told me personally that he wants to create uh, a billion dollars of wealth in the black community. And his plan to do that is to create 1,000 1, millionaires. So I've shared with him that I need to be the first person on that list. You know? <laughs> <laughs> My name needs to be first. If it's not number yeah. one, it needs to be in the top 10. I need, yeah. I need to be on that. So he, he, he he said he made he take me under advisement. So, so you got these. Uh, you, you're going to uh, which cities are you going to? Yeah, we went, we've gone to dates. Birmingham. We've gone to Birmingham. Uh-huh. Uh, 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 this week we're in Dothan, Alabama. Uh, so when are you going to be? When are, when are you in Dothan? Uh, we were just in Dothan on Monday, and oh, so okay. The, I'm gonna tell you what was so exciting about it is we try to keep a a small intimate crowd ranging from about 25 to. 50 people, no more, uh, because we want people to be able to ask questions. And right, right. But you had place. a good, but you had a bigger turnout. Yeah. So we had over 60 people show Yeah. Show, yeah. Show up and nice. we were telling people, hey, 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 it's kind of small. We, we're going to try to squeeze you in because we didn't really want to turn anybody away, but people were fired up getting the information. And so the great thing about it is, uh, Josh and, and, and David, is that this is, life-changing information if you apply right. it. Right. If you so, apply so it, it's life-changing information. Give us the real, real quickly, Jerry, give us the the, the remaining cities on your schedule. Uh, the remaining cities for our summer schedule are, um, uh, we'll be in uh, the Opelika, Auburn area on the 19th of September, and we'll be in Mobile, which will be our last city for the, for the summer tour uh, on September 27th. Mobile, Alabama. So. And is that information on the uh, the chamber's website? Yeah, it's on the chamber website at a- alblackcc.org, alblackcc. And soon as soon as soon as we round up some more grant money, hopefully by the fall or 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 first part of New Year, then we'll be coming north. So we'll be coming like the Decatur and Huntsville and the Shoals area and Gadsden, Aniston area, and places like that. Mm-hmm. And and we're going to try to go into the black belt and hit Selma as well. Good, that's good. good that's deal. really good. Yeah, that is. That's great, man. That's a it's good work. I'm I'm glad to hear people are uh, are fired up about it and, and going out to it's it's uh, it's very important, very important work y'all are doing. And uh, man, we really appreciate you. I know you're busy. Appreciate you taking some time with us and uh, and telling people about it. And, 
we'll spread the word wherever we can because uh, y'all are doing uh, good work out there. So uh, that is uh, Jerry Mitchell. Uh, we appreciate you spending a little bit of time with us today. We're going to slide out of here. We'll come right back. Alabama Politics This Week, back in a minute. Everybody, if you would uh, like an opportunity to interact with us here at uh, Alabama Politics this week, uh, we've got a great way for you to do that. Uh, shoot a question over to apwproducer at gmail.com. That's apwproducer at gmail.com. Anything about Alabama politics you want to know about, uh, I don't know, what, what everybody likes to drink or uh, where everybody likes to hang out or you know, whatever, whatever your question may be. Uh, what chances the Democrats might have uh, in the uh, the upcoming midterm elections? Uh, shoot us a question over at apwproducer at gmail.com. apwproducer at gmail.com. Thanks. All righty. Welcome back, uh, kids. Welcome back, kids. Uh, it's Alabama politics this week. Uh, you know I'm going to forget to do that, right? Uh, yeah. I'm... I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> I'm we'll gonna, work on it. We'll yeah, work on yeah, it. Yeah, it's going to it's going to take a hammer. Uh, so uh, I have to, there's going to be some sort of punishment. Otherwise, I'm never going to remember. So I have to put like a ten dollars in, into some account somewhere. Um, so uh, yeah, we're uh, appreciate Jerry Mitchell coming on with us and spending some time. Uh, very very informative. Uh, you know, I, you I, you wanted to talk about. Uh, I guess along the same lines of, of business, uh, but um, may, maybe not business, but uh, working conditions, anyways. Um, you, you brought up the the strike that's currently going on, or the uh, protest, I guess would be the better way to say it. Protest of the, mm-hmm. the nurses at the VA hospital. Uh, is it Tuscaloosa? Tuscaloosa VA. Um, yeah, uh, the uh, yeah the Tuscaloosa VA. Uh, the nurses there are are actually protesting. Uh, and this sounds like it's uh, in coordination with some nurses in Georgia, but they're protesting working conditions, pay, uh, that sort of thing. And uh, it just the story sort of jumped out at me, uh, Josh, because I think, you know, I keep thinking about how. Um, well, first of all, you know, these these nurses are frontline workers and that that really I think we we all gained a, a greater appreciation for that during the pandemic and, and just yep. what kinds of stressors are, are put on frontline workers. And, and then not only are they frontline workers, uh, you know, uh, in a, in a real intense situation because they're working in a, in a clinical setting, but they are working with and for our veterans. And my, and my thought process is, you know, and I, and I know that, you know, the VA says that they have, you know, they care and they've been trying to implement various uh, policies and, and procedures to to uh, satisfy them. But the bottom line is they're not satisfied. Yeah. And so my thinking is of all of the of all the groups of nurses in the United States, you know, and I think all of them need to be satisfied because all of them are on the front line. But especially, particularly nurses that are charged with, you know, caring for the the people that have put on the uniform, you know, mm-hmm. the people that have served our, our country, you know, at great risk to themselves and and who often, because they put on the uniform, you know, have suffered, you know, uh, conditions that they probably would not have suffered 
have they not served somewhere? You yeah. know, we ought to be we ought to be making sure that those nurses and 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 doctors and and support staff that all of them, you know, have have the best conditions, working conditions, and that they are feeling fulfilled and able to do the job that you know they've been asked to do. Yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. I've never I say it again. I've I've never understood why it is that we seem to think it's okay uh, to just dump on veterans and veteran care. Um, at, and we see it all the time. Uh, it's a bipartisan dumping uh, for the most part. Although I will say, I, I, I feel like that it, uh, things get done a little more in, in a democratic administration uh, whenever these issues pop up and they get done a little faster and a little better. Uh, but still, you have uh, you have the issues. Uh, you have you have th- these these things that just get ignored. Uh, these problems, you you ignore the folks on the ground. You ignore the nurses telling you that there are problems. And let me tell you where it can lead. I mean, we we had uh, I used to do the, uh, helped on a lot of these stories when I was at the advertiser, uh, and they were having all those VA issues uh, back in you know, 2012, 13, 14, somewhere in in that range, um, and. The, some the stories were nuts. We had, there was a there was a story about uh, a VA administrator who took a patient to a crack house. Um, what? Okay. Yeah. What? Oh yeah. Hundred percent, buddy. Hundred percent. Yeah. This happened. Took him to a crack house. Yeah. Yeah. Took him to a crack house. Okay. My God. Um, yeah. I, I'll find that story and send it to you sometime. It's uh, huh. it's uh, there were. I mean, it was just things were crazy. I mean, they were just insane. Um, and but the you. Know, the problem was nurses and other people that worked at these uh, places have been sounding the alarm for, for years about how how inept uh, and how backed up they were and how they weren't caring properly for the patients. And um, listen to them, okay? And listen to the complaints that are coming in. It's it's in we can't do this to these people. We've promised them this care. We put these places, we fund these places. Um, and it costs almost as much uh, to run a bad VA facility as it does to run a good VA facility. Um, and so let's let's actually do the, the job and make it to where nurses aren't standing outside protesting because their jobs are uh, their working conditions are terrible. Yeah. Uh, they shouldn't be. They shouldn't even think about that. It's. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they should be going home every day and telling people about how great it is at the VA. Uh, you know, you yep. really, the VA has top-notch care. They really care about us. Why is those that? Why to, would that be bad? Those ought to be the best outfitted hospitals in the nation. Honestly. Yes. They really yeah. should be. They yeah, really I mean, other be. hospitals, private hospitals should say, listen, you're not going to believe what we learned from the VA hospital this year that's going to improve your care over here. Mm-hmm. Every, that's what you I mean. There's no reason why we shouldn't do it. We have enough money. We put enough money into these programs. We have enough money that goes into defense pro, uh, spending, uh, you know, that, that should go into this. You know, this yeah. should, should be part of – you should count this as, as part of your defense budget, okay? And if you, we need to, let's cut out some planes, all right? Yeah. Let's cut out a few planes here or there um, and, and, and move along the care of these folks that we've actually sent, the humans – that we've sent over to, to fight wars and stuff for us. But, 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 you know, to do that, we would have to shift our thinking. And this is what Eisenhower, former President Eisenhower, warned us about 60 or so years ago or 70 years ago, whenever it was, when he talked about, uh, uh, you know, the, mili- the military-industrial complex. And he was uh-huh. exactly right. What we have constructed in our nation 
is basically a, uh, uh, you know, it's a, a corporate, uh, a type of corporate welfare for these businesses whose yep. sole, whose sole focus is to, you know, uh, to facilitate war. And yeah. I'm, and, and I, and I'm not being some naive tree hugging peacenik here, even though that's what I am. Um, I mean, in all seriousness here, I do believe that we have to have a strong military. Uh, I do believe we have to have functional intelligence services. Mm -hmm. I do believe we have to have functional law enforcement. You know, we live in a a world that's rife with evil. So, yes, we need to be able to defend ourselves. We need to be able to protect ourselves and, and all of those processes that support that defense. But having said that, does it need to be does it need to be commodified to the extent that it has been? And I think no. most reasonable people will, will question whether or not mm-hmm. that's really been necessary. And like you said, when we, when we send people off to, to fight or, mm-hmm. or even just to man a base, you know, or, or, you know, it, it there's a certain sacrifice that they have to make. Yeah. And when they come back from that life of sacrifice to civilian life, it ought to be better for them. It ought to be yeah. appreciably better. Mm-hmm. It, they they ought to be able to see the difference and feel the difference, experience the gratitude of our nation, you know, for taking for making the sacrifice to put on that uniform, whether they've been to war or not. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I agree completely. Uh, you know, I, I heard a, a Republican congressman this week uh, say that uh, he was concerned about the uh, uh, the, the student loan forgiveness uh, program that Biden had uh, administered because uh, they were at a at a point right now where uh, that was uh, really really important to their recruitment efforts in the military. Um, you know, man. That's uh, basically saying out loud, we need the poor people to come and fight the wars for us mm. uh, is probably mm. not the best argument. Um, mm. Mm. Uh, and, and that's exactly what you've done. You've set up the programs with incentives and things uh, that basically lure, uh, you know, the poor folks in this country to come in and fight and in the wars that the rich people don't, you know, start and, and, and get funding from. And, uh, and I, again, I'm not naive either. I understand I'm very pro-military. I'm very, uh, you know, I understand the importance of intelligence services. I, I you know, I, I, uh, I, I've read all the books uh, and I know, you know, what, what's going on. I know what those guys do, which is the reason why I'm, I'm kind of outraged that our former president uh, had classified documents that placed those people in, in peril yeah. uh, and, and mishandled them to such a degree. And even more outraged that idiots in Congress uh, for purely personal gain are defending that sort of mm-hmm. behavior. Uh, but. At the same time, if we're going to promise these things, you know, we just kind of got to have to deliver them on the backside. OK. Uh, and, and as Seinfeld said, it's not so much, you know, making the promise. It's keeping the promise. Uh, you know, anybody can make a promise, but it's really the keeping. That's the important part. Um, and and the, the VA issues are part of that promise. And, you know, I, I just I'm tired of, of watching this go down all the time and, and us continuing to have these problems. Uh, and, and it's, it's really, I think, uh, uh, an issue of class, uh, more so, uh, than it is even party, uh, hmm. now, but, 
Um, and it's time that people cared a little bit more about the folks that they're, they're hurting. Um, yeah. and you know, so, all right. Um, uh, right wing nuts. Um, I, I think we have two, uh, okay. really, uh, right. because I don't know that you could separate out Tom Cotton and Sarah Palin from this, mm. uh, because Sarah Palin got her ass beat, uh, last mm. by a Democrat in a surprise, uh, surprise, uh, Sarah Palin lost, uh, the uh, election for Congress. Uh, because a, a little-known Democrat in Alaska uh, beat her in the system of voting that they have in Alaska and have had forever, ranked choice voting. Um, and all of a sudden, ranked choice voting is just so stupid. It's just so dumb. Uh, you know, you, we don't need to have this. Now, this has kept the Republicans in power uh, in Alaska for 50 years. That seat in particular had been held by Republicans for 50-some-odd years, and then Sarah Palin came, come along and uh, somebody beat her. Um, and they have a problem with that. And as I said on Twitter, of, of course, they've not been satisfied, satisfied with any voting system in America since 1964. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, that's, uh, that's part of the problem with Republicans. But, you know, I can't help but notice as well that this is yet another win for the Democrats after the road decision uh, in which the Democrat in this race way overperformed. Uh, even the post row uh, numbers uh, that were her projections in this race, she way overperformed those. This is the sixth one, the sixth race since then that Democrats have won since that row decision that they were not supposed to win. Um, and then some of them, they have significantly outperformed uh, Joe Biden in those same districts uh, in the 2020 election. And they are way beyond what the expectations were back in April and May, uh, just prior to the the road decision, which, again, leads me to ask, why the hell are we not talking about this more? Mm. Hmm. Well, I I think, yeah, I think we are, uh, you know, I think you're right about, first of all, the shift, the, the paradigm shift that appears to have occurred uh, I, I do. I will say. I think uh, some of us may be afraid that you know we don't want to jinx this. <laughs> we don't. No, I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about jinx. I'm not talking about necessarily talking about the uh, what, what's going on with the elections. What I'm talking about is every Sunday show, every uh-huh. polling, all the polling that we see that's conducted by the media outlets, the national media outlets. Um, are, it's focused on inflation. Uh, inflation, Joe Biden's popularity, uh, those are the top issues or what direction the country is going in. Are people satisfied with this? And very rarely in there do they poll what people and what women particularly are feeling about that abortion oh, uh, question. Okay. Okay. And, and and that's never uh, that very rarely lands in the top three on these shows for what you know, what voters are going to be deciding you know, when they're going to the polls. They're deciding based on these issues. You know, and I'm, I keep saying it. They just took rights away from half the damn country. Uh, And there are a lot of people who are really, really angry about that. That seems like something you ought to focus on. And I I don't know. I I suspect the the Washington press corps and the national media still, I think they still, uh, the the metrics that they use still rely heavily on the so-called conventional wisdom of what happens in midterm elections. And so I think they, they're probably a little reluctant to go too far, too fast on the idea that maybe, maybe what has happened because of the overturning of Roe v. Wade is that a sleeping giant has, has been awakened that will, in fact, you know, change the paradigm. 
You know, yeah. I don't think they're ready to, I don't think they're ready to embrace that idea just yet. Well, I think they should start because, uh, you know, it, it's in every single instance now, you know, starting with that, that the deal in Kansas where it was just shocking, uh, you mm-hmm. know, that that 20 point defeat there and and then all of the election since it is very clear that a message is kind of being sent and nobody's listening to this point. Um, and uh, to me, hey. Yeah, it just means one thing. You got to keep sending that message. Make sure you send it in November. And, you know, I think that uh, they'll, they'll receive it at that point. All right. We got to slide out of here. All That's right. it. We've, I mean, listen, we've given you people enough. What more do you want from us? Uh, so we're, we're leaving. <laughs> uh, until next week, y'all be safe out there. Peace. <laughs>